1: And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And again, we want to thank those of you that have been reaching out to us on the AI Today podcast. We've been going strong here for so many years, and we've been doing this lately. We've been doing this series on ethical and responsible AI. And you'd you'd think by now that people have gotten the message that in order to have trustworthy systems that are safe and reliable and not doing things you don't want them to do and doing things you want them to do in a very reliable way... That, that's what ethics and responsible AI systems are all about. But no, no. Every day we pick up the news, we read about another company that screwed up, violated some trust, hurt somebody, racist chatbot, <laughs> autonomous system killing somebody. And, and um, you, know, uh, you know, the software world, there's this expression that's it like, can you know, move fast and break things. The thing is that that only works when you're talking about like uh, social media and stuff that really, honestly, very few people care about even though, yes, I know there are multi-billion dollar organizations in the social media business, and you can cause a lot of harm in social media. That's the irony of it, right? You actually can hurt things. But but we don't want you to be on that bad side. And you know, it's still, I have to say, at we we deal with organizations that shortcut themselves and their organizations by rushing ahead with their AI implementations. That's the whole point of our CPM AI methodology. The Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology provides the right way to do AI so you don't shortcut yourself. It's not just about following some mantra or some philosophy, although mantras and philosophy can be good, but it's all about making sure you're doing it the right way so that you don't fall into a trap. You don't hurt yourself, right? And of course, hurting yourself business-wise means, you know, canceling projects and losing money and firing people. Well, none of those things are good, but you can actually physically hurt somebody. You can physically hurt people or financially hurt people or reputationally hurt people or emotionally hurt people with AI systems by basically having algorithmic decision-making, doing the wrong thing, chatbots that cause problems, image recognition systems that do all sorts of issues, autonomous systems, whatever it is. So, What we are sharing with you in this podcast and in our past podcasts are excerpts from the enhancement to our CPM methodology. It's not just about doing it the right way, but it's doing AI right. And that's by staying on the right side of being ethical and responsible AI. And it turns out, yes, there are things that you can do. There are steps you can take. It's not just about repeating to yourself mantras, I want to be ethical. That only gets you so far. What steps can you put into place to safeguard and protect your systems and your people and your users from all of these issues around AI? And, well, we'll get into it today. We're going to continue the series. We'll talk about issues of data privacy and AI privacy, which are, oh my God, smack my head a hundred times. Even today, people still don't get it, (laughs) I
0: know. And, you know, we laugh because it's kind of sad because really you should get it. We talk about data being the heart of AI. So when you're trying to build ethical and responsible AI systems, you absolutely need to be looking at data as well. And this, you know, goes hand in hand. And far too often, we have seen organizations really, uh, you know, not... Maybe take it as seriously as they should, not fully grasp the significance of this, maybe just you know, naiveness, which isn't really okay or an acceptable answer, um, and do things that they absolutely should not be doing when it comes to data, especially user data. and that go- that plays into AI systems as well. So in this snippet that we will be sharing, from our CPMAI plus E, the uh ethical, the you know, ethics enhancement of CPMAI, we want to go into some of these topics and really make sure that you're understanding why it's so important to understand this, why it's so important to be thinking about this, so that you can, you know, feel confident with the systems that you've built, and then have your employees, have your users, have your customers. Also, feel confident that you are being responsible stewards of that data and building ethical AI systems. So, as we mentioned in previous episodes, if you've been listening to this series, this is just a snippet from our CPMAI plus E training and certification. If you're interested in getting CPMAI plus E certified, I encourage you to go to the show notes. That's where we have links. So, you can go to our website and sign up directly. I know a number of our listeners have reached out to us already telling us that they have signed up. For CPMAI plus E. And if you are CPMAI certified and you'd like to add the plus E, just reach out to us, give us an email, we're happy to get you signed up. This is definitely money and investment in your time that is well worth it so that you can get this certification and you can feel confident, your organization can feel confident that you are doing everything that's needed, especially when it comes to AI and data privacy. So with that, we will now play the snippet from the CPM AI Plus E. So we also need to make sure that we're addressing privacy. And when we're doing that, you know, we've talked about data is really fundamental to AI. So that means that the core of AI privacy is really data privacy. And that means we also need to make sure we're understanding data privacy laws, especially for a multinational organization or if we want to eventually operate in countries that we are not currently in. Data privacy laws in general are getting tougher and stricter. Data privacy has the highest degree of regulation on a global scale when it comes to, you know, laws pertaining to AI and data. Really, data privacy is some of the highest degree of regulation. And the trend is towards more restrictive policies than it is for permissive policies. So it's, you know, restrictive policies around data storage data sharing, data usage. And there's some very notable laws that you should be paying attention to. So there's European regulations and US regulations. In Europe, obviously GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, which initially came out in April 2016 and then May 2018, where this is regulating data storage, sharing, and privacy. I mean, this is a by default, has become a worldwide law and something that you need to make sure you are following, right? We talked about how your AI systems should not be intentionally or unintentionally breaking and violating laws. Also, the U.S. and European Commission Transatlantic Data Privacy Framework, this is in March of 2022, it's a legal mechanism for transfers of EU personal data to the U.S., And then the Data Governance Act and the Data Act in Europe, where this is also important to understand and make sure that you're not in violation of any of this for processes and structures to facilitate data and clarifies who can create value from data and under which conditions. And then in the United States, we have, I mean, these are just a few of the notable laws. Obviously, you're depending on you know what industries you're in what projects it is that you're working on how uh you're building this framework out you're going to want to make sure that you're understanding many privacy laws but in some big ones to point out are is the children's online privacy protection act that was Uh, from April of 2000. So it's quite old, also HIPAA, 1996. And then in California, they passed a Consumer Privacy Act of 2018, the CCPA. So, you know, just important, notable ones to understand. And when you are looking at data privacy and, you know, looking or thinking about that for your framework, there are certain considerations and questions you want to make sure that you're asking here.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure you're probably hopefully well familiar with this. So you probably already have some existing compliance and governance process for your data privacy. So your AI systems need to comply with that. You can't be doing things and you're collecting training data or using your data or inference data or moving data around from server to server without knowing if you're actually violating laws, You know, especially if it in, involves personal information, healthcare information, any of that sort of stuff. right? So you probably have some stuff in there, Get your compliance legal team involved. They should be involved in this framework and they should tell you what guidelines that you need to have to say, okay, if you're dealing with patient information or personally identifiable information, these are the restrictions that we have and the, and the things you need to consider, even if it's just training data. Don't be putting training data, collecting from all your customers and putting it on an S3 bucket, Amazon bucket up in the cloud, because that's probably violating some law somewhere, especially if it gets discovered, then you're in real trouble. Uh, and it's happened to many, many companies, that exact scenario, right? The second thing is like, well, these data privacy regulations continue to change and update. So you need to continue to stay aware of these emerging data privacy laws, and you need to make sure you're staying compliant with data privacy regulations, especially as they uh, apply to training and inference data, their collection and their use. So um, some of these are important. This transatlantic data privacy framework is important because they know that the multinational companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon and Microsoft, they're headquartered in the US and these EU laws are in in Europe. And so so these new laws are now focusing on moving data between Europe and U.S. So it's actually that's this transatlantic data privacy framework is all about, OK, if you're moving data from EU to U.S., what can you move? What can't you move? So even in that situation, people are now are, are focusing on the movement of data. So you're not safe if, if you keep all of your data, say, just in the U.S. Uh, servers and things like that. So the next major consideration here uh, for privacy is not just the data privacy, which is incredibly important, but is the actual privacy of the AI systems, right? You don't want to have an AI system that itself is tracking people, surveilling people, creating hyper-personalized models that people may may or may not want. You uh, You want to maintain people's fundamental right to privacy and preserve their individual freedom and their integrity of their personal identity. So for example, if I built a behavioral model for Kathleen, say, for your purchasing behavior, should I be allowed to sell that model to someone else? who may use it for who knows what purposes. Okay, that's not the data anymore. That's the model that I've built, right? Or can I use a model that that uh, you know, had some some model of your behavior, your your face and something whatever it is. Am I allowed to basically take that model and share it, post it online? Can I have a big online database of hey, here's everybody's uh, purchasing behavior and credit card information and not maybe their information, but maybe their, their buying patterns? Um, you know what? Laws haven't quite caught up with that yet, but they will. They will. So AI systems really should avoid the wholesale collection and evaluation of data, especially about private matters. <clears throat> and even in general, sort of like the second sort of corollary is we should just try to minimize that. Just try to minimize the use of private information. Don't collect too much data. There's this saying with AI that maybe more is better, right? You know, it's like, how much, do you, how much data do you need? Well, probably more than you expect. So just collect it all. But as you can see here on the right, there are some major lawsuits now <clears throat> that have emerged simply not from violations of privacy, but simply because they're collecting too much data. Uh, financial services tech company Plaid was fined uh, $58 million and has to pay $58 million to consumers after just collecting too much data. <clears throat> there wasn't a breach involved. They just collected too much data. People say, why are you collecting all this information Am my buying habits and sharing it? With uh, these, the your partners, so-called partners, Venmo and all those companies, and the second news article is there's a two hundred million dollar, two hundred million record breach. So two hundred million records are breached. This is a cybersecurity breach, but they're talking about the fact that like it was just it was just excess data collection. It was just not that. needed it was you didn't need to collect all that data so more is not always better as a matter of fact more is a lot of times worse it may improve the performance of your model but you have to do all this extra work to clean and train and prepare that data that's what cpmai tells you but now we also have potential legal liability issues from having too much data so more is not always better so, um, a couple other pieces of news here. You may not realize that what you thought was incognito mode in Chrome or whatever browser you're using is not truly incognito mode. And there's a lawsuit that's going on right now was uh, attempted to be dismissed, but the law the judge says, no, you can continue that lawsuit. And you know, it just basically says that Google is just collecting data on people who thought they were in incognito mode. And there's this excerpt from this news, article that says from their from Google's lawyers that says Google also makes clear, that incognito does not mean invisible and that the user's activity during that session, the incognito session, may be visible to websites they visit and any third-party analytics or ad services that visit the website use. I don't know about you, but the word incognito is not clear that it doesn't mean invisible. Actually, to me, I thought they were pretty close to being synonyms. So uh, clearly we have this issue. of of AI systems and data collection systems themselves being uh, used in ways that are violating people's privacy. So we have a few questions we need to ask. How will you safeguard your user privacy during all stages of your AI project? Training, inference, all that sort of stuff. What controls will you put in place to minimize the use of private information? So maybe there's a step that says, tell me, you know, collect your training. Before you collect your training data and you're doing your data understanding phase, phase two of CPM AI methodology, do you really need all that data, right? Is that is that necessary, right? And what can we do to remove it, anonymize it, whatever we need to do? And then, what, so this goes to that third point. What checklists can you put into place for everybody involved with in the data, data engineers, data scientists, machine learning engineers, AI project managers, any team members to follow on proper collection, storage, usage, and scoping of data needs? So let's put in those checklists in place. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean Things won't go wrong, but if you want to be responsible, you gotta have these questions answered, and at least have something in place so that so you can get ahead of any potential issues. So yeah, hopefully you heard things that you might seem to be pretty obvious about keeping the data private and keeping AI systems private. But the reason why this we say they keep seeing this problem is that there have lately been these AI systems that will do things like create text, you know, so-called GPT-3 and other things, where you give it a little bit of a prompt and it'll write a story for you or create code for you or whatever, whatever text you're having it generate. And then there's a DALI, which will create images. And what you'll find are examples of people who will post snippets where clearly the data is coming from somewhere else. The training data was somebody's private conversation or some private piece of code or an image that someone took of their child and the AI system incorporated. So how would you like an AI system you interact with and all of a sudden you see a picture of your kid showing up AI generated or some version of it or uh, some some email that you wrote to somebody, some, you know, one of your favorite email companies, cloud-based companies out there decides, hey, we want to use it for training data. You said in terms of use that you can let me do it. Like as if you can opt out from that anyways, right? <laughs> How do you like that? The answer is that you wouldn't like that, but people are messing this up. People are screwing this up. And we get, you know, organizations even emailing us directly at Cognolytica like working with us on events and things like that, asking us for opt-out information. Seriously. Do you understand what the word opt out means? It means they are choosing not to share that information. So you have to respect people's choices because if we were to violate that, if you as an AI system were to violate that, people would stop trusting you. And, of course, there's legal remedies. We just, we'll talk about that in a future podcast about some of the legal problems of AI and data privacy. But, but the, the law is there to enforce good behavior, and the law wouldn't have been there if people weren't doing bad things. So just... There's a reason why laws exist, <laughs> but
0: it's good though. Exactly. And this is why it's so incredibly important to make sure that you are doing AI right, both from a you know project management perspective and also from an ethical and responsible AI perspective. We are advocates of doing AI right. We are big advocates of CPMAI, the Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology, because we have had so many organizations reach out to us about, you know, getting additional information and really understanding how they can build ethical and responsible AI systems, what it is that they need to do, uh, the conversations they need to have, what they need to put in place to actually move forward with that and have that framework put in place. That's why we came up with the PLUS-E, the PLUS Ethics Enhancement to CPMAI. AI. I encourage you to look into this to get CPMAI PLUS-E certified. Because it is time and money well invested in yourself so that you will run these projects correctly and your organization will not get in trouble, will not get in the news for bad things that they shouldn't be doing. You will not be asking silly questions like people ask us, asking for data that they know they shouldn't be getting. So definitely make sure to check out our show notes, Uh, go to CPMAI plus E and definitely sign up. Also, this is, you know, we're um, not yet halfway through, but, you know, approaching that with this Ethical and Responsible AI series. We are bringing up very important topics that you need to be thinking about in order to make sure that your organization and you with your projects will not get in trouble. So if you have not done so already, we encourage you to subscribe to AI Today, the podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform because you'll get notified of all of the additional episodes that we have coming up related to areas that you need to be thinking about with Ethical and Responsible AI. These are snippets of our of our training and certification, so they will definitely get you thinking. But if you do want that full training, then you do need to sign up for the CPM AI plus E training and certification, because that's where you really go in depth with everything that you need. So with that, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. As always, we like hearing from our listeners, so please feel free to reach out. You can email us at info at You can also rate us. We love to get five-star ratings. We would love to hear from our podcast listeners and you know, hear the episodes that you've really enjoyed, topics that you've enjoyed, and where you'd like us to dig a little bit deeper. So with that, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter, and more, please visit our website at cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group, and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future
1: podcasts.
0: Also, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes.
1: Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor.